Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Welcome, everyone. I see everybody joining us here. This is our first inaugural, first ever, we're super excited, live iteration of the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. We have an amazing crew, Dr. Judy Stella, who is our good dog head of health standards and research. (laughs) Health standards and research. It's the only one I didn't write down. (laughs) Is going to be handling all of our questions. And we're going to get comments from the peanut gallery. And we're going to have a really good time with this. So welcome one and all as you are all joining us. Our panelists tonight are myself, Susan Patterson who is the author of the Straight from the Whelping Box column on the Good Dog page. And we also have Gail Watkins, another one of our breeder advisors, who is, of course, avid dog. You guys should all know Dr. Gail. And we are going to be talking about the first week of our baby puppies. I am, of course, the host of the Pure Dog Talk and Good Dog Pod podcasts. I am a breeder for my whole life. I'm starting with my parents' first field trial lab in the 70s. And moving on till today, I am a breeder of merit of German wire-haired pointers and, oddly enough, clumber spaniels also. I am a retired professional handler, member of the Professional Handlers Association, and I am now an AKC judge. And I love me some baby puppies. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to help you guys answer some questions. Speaking of questions, before I let Gail and Susan talk, this is a brand new format. We're going to try and like do this on the fly. So y'all bear with us. If you're going to ask a question, which is what we want you to do, click the Q&A box. There should be a graphic that you've been emailed, but there is a Q&A box there at the bottom. And then type in your question and hit send. And we, the panelists, are the only ones who will be able to see your question. And Dr. Judy will be actually selecting the questions. When she picks you, she will tell you that you've been picked. And then they will unmute you so that you can actually ask your question live on the podcast. So if you would like to be on air on the Good Dog Pod, now is your time. So next up, Susan, give us your bio, honey. Oh, I got into dogs, wanted to be a vet so bad and was so allergic to animals. It wasn't funny. And I think I probably had as much Sudafed and Benadryl as anybody would have me. And I still did dogs and still did horses. Uh, About seven years ago, uh, having gotten into breeding, I started a Facebook group, which was supposed to be like a hundred of my friends, and we were just going to chat. And the next thing I knew, I had 17,000 people, and at 
this old age, I was an influencer. I was like, whoa. And through all this, I met Gail and we tried to figure out how to work together. And the best thing that happened to us was Good Dogs. It gave us the opportunity to work together to help breeders and wannabe breeders and owners really be the best that they could be. And so taking my 40 years of experience and my champion on the confirmation side, I've also put other titles on the dogs, rally and hunting titles. Just how do I help others come to be really good breeders? And that's how I ended up here with Laura on a podcast of all things. And we're going to have a great time. And Gail, I met Gail because she came on Pure Dog Talk and have loved her work. She absolutely fundamentally changed a number of my breeding practices. And I've been doing this a very long time. So you guys are really lucky. I'm just saying. So Gail, give us your 411, honey. Oh my gosh. So I've been doing dogs a long time, 40 plus years. I was one of the few people to get into dogs knowing I wanted to breed dogs and knowing I wanted to breed show dogs. From the very start, I, at the same time, had a career as an army officer and served as a variety of things in the army, but ended up as a professor at West Point, the military academy. So I have a really strong educational bent when I think about dog breeding as well. So I've done the dog breeding side. I'm a gold breeder of merit, three-time breeder of the year for the AKC. But education's my passion. So I started Avidog eight years ago. And if you're not familiar with Avidog, we are presenting a complete breeder education program for all dog breeders, from home breeders who have only bred one litter to larger breeders who have a number of litters a year. And so I met Susan at a seminar and obviously Laura Pure Dog Talk and joined the Good Dog team, gosh, three years ago now, I think, maybe even a little longer. So have been thrilled to be an advisor and happy to be here tonight. Excellent. Okay, well, I see that we have a goodly number of questions already coming in. I'm super excited. And Judy's going to be making those selections and the Good Dog team is going to be unmuting you. Here's what I'm going to ask. When you come on and you're live and you're talking, keep it as brief as possible, okay? If we have follow-up that we need more detail, we will ask you, okay? I've got my whip and my chair, and I'm ready to roll. Let's have them, Judy. Okay, so Gail is first up. Steven's going to unmute you and go ahead and ask your question to the panel. Hi, I have Australian Labradoodles, and it appears that the Labradoodles have a calcium issues when puppies are born and the other breeders scared me half to death and said, oh, you have to have oxy the calcium, you know, that you shoot in their mouth and they'll go crazy and eat your puppies if they have an issue. Well, I had a bitch that was looking kind of crazy, gave her some and she calmed down. What is causing that? Is there a way to fix it? And do I just need to keep the calcium in the tube? Andy. Okay, Gail, thanks so much for your question. And I think we have another question actually that's come in from Tiffany asking about calcium. And I think calcium is a really, really, really important topic. And I'm going to start with Gail to answer that. I have my own thoughts, but I'm going to start with Gail and then Susan, and we'll just do round robin. Susan and I have talked about this many times. So 
I'm not sure I have an answer except oral calcium supplementation during and post whelping works to stabilize the temperament of our bitches and their mental sanity, their own stability. You know, we want them to enjoy being mothers. And there is something about supplementing with oral calcium. It doesn't have to be in the tube. You can get calcium citrate in bulk and mix it with a slurry of water or chicken stock and syringe it in. Doc Roy's Healthy Bones, I'm a big fan of the tablets and the powders. Those are a wonderful alternative as well. In some of our bitches, they need extraordinarily high doses of oral calcium. This is not the injectable calcium. This is just feeding it to them. Why? We don't know. There is no research on this right now. This has been crowdsourced through breeders, primarily through Susan's List, where we have 17,000 breeders and veterinarians from around the world who are realizing this is a problem. And many of our GPs and even our repro vets don't support this because they're not there in the whelping backs watching these bitches have meltdowns, try to kill their puppies, try to bury their puppies, take their puppies outside. So I can't tell you why it works. I can't tell you why we're seeing more of it. It makes me think there's a food issue somewhere along the line, but we don't know. But I can tell you that in my experience, it works and it works very well to keep bitches sane and puppies safe. I'm going to piggyback on Gail and say that we started seeing a lot of this and what people used to say, my bitch was a bad mother. Oh my God, I can't wait to get through this first week. I'm trying to protect my puppies because my bitch is going after them. She won't be settled. What do I do? And we tried to figure out. So actually the Merck manual, which is a veterinary manual, does talk about calcium does talk about subclinical symptoms. And that's what this is, is this is not full-blown eclampsia. This is subclinical. These are all the, my bitch isn't settled. She's not in the whelping box being a good mom. She's just not herself. What do I do? And this addition of calcium makes a difference. Now, I will tell you that I am a less is more kind of a girl on calcium because we have to make sure calcium needs to bind to phosphorus in order to work. So post-whelping, we must give balanced calcium. So like Gail said, if you're going to give straight calcium, you need to balance it with either scrambled egg or an egg yolk so that your bitch is not drawing the phosphorus out of her bones as well as the calcium, which will cause more problems. So our goal is to be able to give them the least amount that they need and you find that sweet spot and then you just kind of ease it in and you say, okay, if I do this for two hours and I back it to three and I back it to four until you find that sweet spot. And then we find we've got another problem right after the beginning, which we'll probably address in another podcast. Just mark this on your calendar for two weeks out when the puppies have a growth spurt. But calcium is so important And I agree with Gail. I think that we are not, people are not looking at their food for a balanced ratio. And to me, the golden ratio is when you're feeding your bitches for breeding, specifically pregnant, you want as close to a one-to-one ratio so you don't throw your parathyroid off 
and don't ask it to do things it's not supposed to or don't put it into sleep. And that can be a significant part of it. I think we're also talking more. That's why we hear about it. Used to hear about bitches who killed their litters and nobody bred them again. And now we know why. I won't say we know all the reasons, but this is part of it. And if it doesn't settle for calcium, then it is a temperament issue and you need to react appropriately. But I think that staying on top of it is really critical, especially in that first week. And again, when you have a dog in C-section, that also makes a difference because you're balancing out huge difference. You're balancing out your chemicals for the C-section. You're balancing out the, oh my God, they've attached aliens to me while I was sleeping. While I was and that are eating me, right. that are biting me. Right. And, and, exactly. it hurt. and I already have an owie right here. Right. I had to hand raise a litter for that very reason, because the wire hair was very sure that those all needed to die. And I'm going to agree with both Susan and Gail, and this is something that I'm relatively new to, but it was shocking. And I mean, shocking to me, the difference between before I supplemented calcium and after I supplemented calcium. And so I'm absolutely in agreement that calcium post whelp, don't give it to them before they have their first puppy, important. And Larissa asked about the one one calcium phosphorus ratio. Susan just addressed that. Tums is a daily calcium supplement after whelping. No. Um, Gail's no, shaking her head. No, Susan's shaking her head. No, 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 no. There's multiple forms of calcium and Tums is calcium carbonate and calcium carbonate requires food. There's a very small amount of that calcium that's actually active and absorbed by the body and the bitch must eat if she's using Tums. It has no phosphorus in it either. So as Susan said, we want to be looking at what's known as dicalcium phosphate is often the best or calcium citrate with something that has phosphorus in it, which is meat, eggs, etc. Calcium citrate does not require food and very rapidly absorbed, but no phosphorus. And so that should be your emergency backup. If the bitch completely crashes, use calcium citrate. For your regular supplementation during the day, I recommend dicalcium phosphate. And you can look at the ingredients on the back of the bottle, and that's what you're looking for. Those two are my go-tos. I don't know, Susan, if you use another one. I think you're right. I think the biggest thing that I would have people keep, I'm a big toolbox gal, so I want to have CalSorb. I want to have Oral Cal Plus. I want to have the paste tubes. I want to have something I can stick in the side of my girl's mouth that I can immediately get calcium into her if needed. I actually have an anecdotal story of a friend who had a Labrador who kept giving her Tums and the dog ended up having a non-related blockage after the birth. And they went in and found all these pellets of Tums in her stomach. They had not absorbed. So that reinforced to me that we needed to stay. While Tums are great, you know, you can crush them up. If that's all you got, that's what you use. But I would strongly recommend that we have the tubes of oral cow pluffs, the tubes of mm-hmm. calsorb okay. in our whelping toolbox for the first week because that's when we generally see the problems. Like you said, Gail, I actually buy calcium citrate powder by bulk. So and like. I mix it with Pedialyte and an egg yolk, and I have big 20 and 60 cc syringes 
that I use if necessary. And again, I do this under the, my vet and I are best friends. As a matter of fact, he owns one of my dogs. And he said, you know, it's made a difference. He has suggested this to other breeders. So I think we really need to know that there are different forms of calcium. They react differently. Citricol, calcium citrate actually starts right in the mucous membranes. You don't have to get into the stomach for digestion. So it's really right. huge. Right. And we, we probably want to move on to calcium, but I want to give one warning. A lot of yep. calcium supplements these days have vitamin D in them. Yep. Be very cautious giving high doses of vitamin D. The more you can use a canine version or bulk calcium citrate, the safer your dog's going to be. Exactly. Yep. And, I, and that, was, that. that was a good thing. Susan answered actually one of the other questions in the chat about where do you find it? And I would say a revival go so by the oral Actually, calcium. bulk foods on Amazon, if you go okay. bulk foods, calcium citrate. I think one of the things I'm going to do in my next good dog, straight from the whelping box columns, I think I need to develop a shopping list yeah. and put my head together with Gail so we can find some places nice. where people can do some things like that. I think that would be good. Awesome. Excellent. Okay, our next question, Judy. Yeah, Brenda Adams, you are up next. Good evening, all. I just had a litter of puppies on Sunday, three boys. Two are doing well. The third boy was the smallest when he was born, and he is fading. He was 11.05 ounces when he was born. He's down to 9.9 now. Suggestions. I've been online reading so much (laughs) and uh, not really sure what is the best way. To keep well, them alive. Brenda, here you have real live actual experts. So I'm what? super, super excited you can join us. Gail, what, Susan, what who breed? wants to go? What breed? Australian cattle dog. Okay. And Brenda, what have you done so far? I actually did a few things ahead of time that I hadn't done in the past. I did buy the Miracle Nipples. I did buy the Nutri-Cal for puppies, I believe. I've been trying to supplement and he... Latches on, but then he seems to lose interest. I put my pinky in his mouth and he's got great suction. There doesn't appear to be any cleft lip or anything or cleft palate. So are you tube feeding him? Because that, you know, I don't know how to tube feed. (laughs) So we can give you some great videos. Myra Savant Harris has a wonderful video on her website, on her homepage. We'll try and find the link. Yeah, Gail, that's actually what I was going to suggest. If you go and into Google, put YouTube. Myra tube feed puppies. It will immediately bring up that video. Okay. Because uh, what happens is when they try to nurse on a nipple, they expend more energy getting the nutrition than nutrition that they get. So okay. it's a it's a zero sum game. This is why tube feeding is so important. The formulas that I have found success with are actually Myra's formula. I modified it slightly because I wanted to have a little more fat in the formula after looking at the percentages of fat that the science, when they looked at formulas and bitch formulas, how they evolved. So I modified it slightly, but it's very similar. I would strongly suggest feeding with that. I would also go with I don't know if you know how to make liver juice, but it's taking about four ounces of beef or calf liver, gently boiling it with about an inch of water over it. Don't bring it to a boil, but simmer till the beef has no blood in it. 
and then strain. I would do one complete feeding of that for high nutrition. And then I would go back to the other. I'd start weighing in grams before and after you feed. Make sure you're pottying your puppy. And really give it the extra calories. And on the bad side, I will tell you that sometimes puppies are born with defects we cannot see. And that all we can do is give them the absolutely best ability to overcome them if Mm -hmm. possible. And tube feeding will do that. Keep them warm. Make sure the puppy is at at least 96 to 97 degrees before you feed it. Warm the food before you feed it. How warm should the food, the liquid be? So, yeah, exactly what Gail said. The risk risk test. (laughs) Okay, just like babies. Just like babies. Just Just like like babies. babies. Okay. And Brenda, I would say, given the loss your puppy has experienced, this is dire circumstances. Yes. You need to tube him tonight. Yes, now. Okay, where do I get the supplies? It's 6 o'clock on the West Coast. And you have no tubes? No tubes. Where are you located, Brenda? I'm in the high desert by Victorville. Down by Victorville, California. I'm in Grants Pass, so that's why I'm asking if I could think of some clinic that was near you. Where's Danette White? Is she close? You just need to get with a breeder or a clinic that can give you a tube. Yeah. And what you're looking for, for equipment, you're looking for a 5cc tube and you're looking for a 5 French, 5FR. They call them cat catheter tubes. They're red tubes for feeding to attach to feed. Those are the two things that you need for feeding. Those will allow you to feed. I mark my tubes with a black marker, measure from the belly button to the tip of the nose, and then follow Myra's video, which is excellent. And I've been tubing for years, but when I have suggested the video to people who haven't, they have been like, wow, this was much easier than I thought it was going to be. But I would definitely, if you can find a vet to give you a 5cc not a lure lock, but the feeding syringe with the longer tips that you can actually cut. You're going to have to cut that 5FR feeding tube in order to fit it properly. To the right length. Correct. Okay. Because otherwise it won't fit on. I mean, I've watched videos, but you know, if you don't do it right before, you forget what you've seen. And I couldn't remember how far down you marked it. I do remember marking it with the the belly button. And you point the puppy's nose up. So if you like have the puppy kind of laid out and you're stroking it and you let its nose and head extend, you go from the tip of the nose right to where the umbilical attaches. Okay. And that's your length. You don't want to go any longer. Don't want to go any shorter because you want it in the stomach. And it's actually a lot easier than everybody tells you it is. And the key is when you're done feeding, just pinch the tube and pull it out. Okay. okay. Can I break in here just for a second? I don't mean to interrupt Susan. Brenda, there's a comment here in the chat you should take a look at. Susie Duarte says she's in Gino and she's oh, okay. okay. So maybe you guys, there's a way for you to connect and chat with one another directly on the chat. So you can only, you know, just talk to each other instead of to the rest of the group. This is a great conversation on tube feeding, tube feeding, Seems really scary, everybody, but it's not as scary as you think it is. You just think it's going to be, and it's not. 
I went into chat and okay. I don't see that it's uh, available. She, to Susie, everybody. what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to chat to you. They just put it in. Brenda, we'll make sure that we get you and Susie connected. Yeah, okay. that would be great. And then I am trying to keep him warm next to me because I'm concerned that okay. the mom isn't, you know, is kind of right. starting to push him away. Right. Brenda, the thing that you need to keep in mind is that a puppy needs to be warmer than you are. You oh, need to okay. keep him warmer than just you. We okay. all want to put them in our bra. Like that's a thing. We all do that. But you've got to remember mm -hmm. that if you've got a sick puppy or a fading puppy, he needs to be warmer than you are. You are only 98 degrees and he needs to be closer to 100. Okay. okay. So you can right. make a rice sock. If you have a white tube sock and some plain uncooked white rice, put it in there, throw it in the microwave, you know, okay. temperature test and make sure you're not going to overheat the puppy. But that is really good to put them belly on because they okay. from the belly up. Okay. Yep. I use Thank um, you. Uh, fluid bags. Like if you have fluids for giving fluids, yep. I use fluid bags and I heat those in the microwave for 30 seconds. They work great. And that's another thing I would think about is check for dehydration. Make sure that yeah, the puppy I've... is hydrated because the lack of hydration will kill him faster than not getting food. So if yeah. you have okay. to give him subcute fluids, you need to be able to do that as well. And okay. that, that is absolutely imperative. And those fluids also need to be warmed up. So that 30 seconds in the microwave to get your fluids up to body temperature for the puppy. I can give subcute fluids in my sleep now after the last several litters I've had. So okay. fluids to me are like first and foremost before anything else. If he's not warm and he's not hydrated, it doesn't matter if he's not fed. Okay. And if I'm pinching him and his skin's not going back, he's dehydrated, right? He's dehydrated. Yeah. So he needs a, to be, he needs to be on fluids like yeah, now. Put a bolus between the shoulders. And if it goes down in five or 10 minutes, you need to give him another bolus between the shoulders. And by a bolus, what she means is depending on the size of the puppy, three cc's. I mean, it needs to be a significant 11, amount. Three to five cc's if he's 11 ounces. Right. I'm going to just jump in real quick on top of Laura and she'll shut me down if I'm bad. But in your toolbox for the first week, calcium, fluids, and tubing supplies. There's a comment in here, Susan, and I, I'm going to say yes to that question. Absolutely. It may be a little FFP. bit past this. FFP. For people who are not familiar, fresh frozen plasma. Gene Dodd sells it. Your vet can actually make it. I had mine have to make it because I had such a disastrous litter. And it's just simply the case of drawing enough blood from a dog and spinning it down to plasma. And it takes a big dog and a lot of blood. But it is not expensive to buy from Gene Dodd's. It's one of those things that should be in your toolkit. At this point, it's past 48 hours. It can't be taken orally. It has to be given sub-Q at this point. Sub-Q. But it's because one of those things where you keep it in your freezer and it lasts five years. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Okay, I hate to do this, but we do have to move on from this topic. Brenda, feel yeah, free thank you to very much. If Good you luck, need Brenda. more, but you need to get off this call and go get that puppy on fluids. <laughs> okay, thank uh, you. <laughs> all right. All right, Cruz, thank you all for joining us. This has been part one of our episode. Watch this space. Part two will be coming up soon. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, 
and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its good breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is g-o-o-d-d-o-g dot com slash join. Or click the link in the show notes.